The Moth is brought to you by Progressive. Progressive helps you compare direct auto rates from a variety of companies so you can find a great one, even if it's not with them. Quote today at Progressive.com to find a rate that works with your budget. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Calling all educators. Join the Moth this summer for the Virtual Moth Teacher Institute. We're not your average teacher training. Forget what you think you know about professional development. At MTI, we're all about infusing your classroom with the magic of storytelling. MTI is for 5th to 12th grade teachers, whether you're looking to fine-tune your strategies or you're a curious newcomer eager to learn more about moth storytelling. Picture this, a new community of teachers all over the country. Vibrant discussions, engaging activities, live storytelling shows, access to moth curriculum, and so much more. This summer, MTI will take place from August 5th to the 9th. Applications close on June 23rd. Visit themoth.org forward slash MTI to apply today. Welcome to the Moth Podcast. I'm Larry Rosen, Master Instructor of the Moth, and your host for this Independence Day episode. The term the American dream is often attributed to author and historian James Truslow Adams. Adams spoke of a nation in which every person can first attain to the fullest stature of which they are innately capable, and second, be recognized by others for what they are. In this episode, we hear from someone who worked to achieve both of those aims. Juan Rodriguez told this story at a Moth main stage in 2015, with the theme of the night was Don't Look Back, stories from the teenage years. Here's Juan, live at the Moth. Sitting outside this house in Nuevo Laredo, Mexico, I was feeling tired, I was sweaty, but most of anything, I was really hungry. I mean, I've been on a bus for 18 hours, but I was there, I was excited. If he blocks down, is the USA, the land of plenty, the land of dreams that I hear so much about. So my dad came out of the house, still talking to this lady, I didn't know what they were talking about. I was only 15 years old. My dad comes to me and says, uh, we have a deal. She's going to bring you across the border for $50. I said, great, let's, let's do it. Let's, that's what we're here for. <laughs> so uh, he said, uh, give me more instructions. He said, uh, just get on the truck and don't say anything. So I did, got on the lady's truck, sit down. We drove up to the bridge. 30 minutes later, I'd uh, reunited my family and uh, I had my first hamburger at McDonald's. <laughs> in the other side of the border, Laredo, Texas. So uh, summer was over. I went to high school. I uh, remember that day like if it was yesterday, you know, my first day working in, I mean, walking in high school, walking on the hallways. It was, I was living the dream, feeling all cool, you know, like, in, it was like being on all those movies that I love so much, like um, Teen Wolf and uh, Pretty in Pink. <laughs> I wanted to be her boyfriend, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> all these movies made me dream, made me dream the American dream, and uh, 
being there, I thought, okay, this is it. I'm here, I made it. After this, everything is going to be easy, right? So I wanted to play basketball because I love basketball. Back in Mexico, I used to play basketball all the time. Just playing it made me forget about being hungry, about being depressed. So I got a little good at it. In high school, I wanted to try out. I went to the coach and told him, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good. I don't know what you think. He said, yeah, you can try it out. I just need a physical from you. I said, okay, I don't see a problem. I went to my dad. He uh, asked him, dad, I want to play basketball. Can... He said, no, you can't because you're illegal. You don't have Medicaid? I said, by that, it's, uh, the physical is only like $25. But it's still, he still said no. So I uh, forgot about basketball because that wasn't going to happen. Next in line, it was uh, art. I've always been good at art, just drawing stuff. But uh, I couldn't fit in. It was getting really hard to fit in. You know, just, they have an art, a little art club. With, I tried to get in, but I couldn't because my English wasn't good. And uh, so I said, that's, okay, that's fine. At that moment, I started to feel like uh, these words, you know, this, uh, not having this green card was going to define who I am, who I was at that moment. So I got a little scared, but I said, okay, you know, it's, it's going to take a little work. It's going to take a, well, we'll be fine. So one, one time I got into a fight with this guy because he called me uh, a wetback and made fun of my accent. And I was really upset that day. So later that day, it was a Tuesday, I remember pretty well, I stayed after school with Mrs. Cordero, which uh, she's beautiful, so it was really easy to stay after school. <laughs> so there I am sitting on Mrs. Cordero's class, and uh, she asked me, what's wrong, Juan? You look tense, you look tired, you look sad. What's going on? I explained the situation to her what just happened earlier, and uh, she said, oh, don't worry about those kind of people. To those kind of people, the worst kind of wetback is the educated wetback. You just got to focus on your education, because that's the key. That's what's going to take you places. So I said, okay, let's get to work. We started practicing my ABCs, my vowels, and it was hard work after that. Years and years, I mean, four years, not years and years, but four years, <laughs> you know, sleepless nights with my Spanish-English dictionary, translating this, the most simple of assignments. But I made it. I made it to graduation night. But let me tell you about graduation night. It was, it was magical. It was like having these lights upon me. When they say Juan Rodriguez, I felt like I won an Emmy, an Emmy you know, just <laughs> walking all cool, feeling like this is it, you know, and I'm, I'm living the dream, I'm a big accomplishment. This is it. I was just... I, that night, that night was magical. I, I couldn't get enough of it. <sighs> the night came to an end, and then I got slapped in the face. Slapped in the face by reality. Reality that I couldn't go to college. And later that year, at, uh, I was accepted to Chicago Art Institute because I, I was such a good student and I was good at art. But uh, that night, that was so magical, ended up really sad for me. So college didn't happen. I said, no problem, let's move on. And, uh, my next option was Denver, Colorado. I went to Denver. A friend of mine had a job for me, you know, a job that would pay me $7 an hour. 
which is not much, but when you come from nothing, that was a lot to me. That was amazing. So I'd, uh, I worked at this packaging factory with a lot of people, a lot of Asian people, Mexican people that uh, they'd, uh, didn't speak any English. I raced to the top real quick. I became supervising manager, and, uh, but uh, there was something was missing. Something, something wasn't right. I mean, I spent four years of my life working so hard. I think I can do a, better, a little better than this. So uh, one afternoon sitting on my apartment balcony, I was reading this newspaper thinking, you know, if I want something better, I, go, I better go out there and look for it. It's not coming knock. It's not going to come and knock on my door. So I was reading to the newspaper, and while I was reading through it, I saw this ad. It said, uh, "You know, we need on machine operators, you know, to operate this uh, high-tech machinery to make our, to make airbag inflators." That uh, sounded good to me. I like robots. I like technology. So it was it was awesome. And right at the bottom, it said, uh, "High school diploma prefer." So that, that spoke to me, you know, like I could hear Mrs. Cordero's voice on the back saying, this is what we've been working for. This is you, this is your opportunity. And I remember, you know, all the cards that they gave me on graduation night saying what a great student I was and some of them even gave me money. And so I said, okay, this, this feels good. I, I, I gotta give it a try. I gotta give it a try. Call the guy, he answered the phone. First thing he said, do you have a high school diploma? I said, well, yes, I do. Okay, you have a job, come and see me tomorrow. I said, good. I'd, uh, I had mentioned it to my dad, and he said, uh, no, you can't. You shouldn't do this. I said, why not? He said, because you're illegal. He's going to check your green card, your fake green card, and he's going to say that it's fake, and you might even get deported. At that moment, at that moment it just struck pain on my heart again. I felt like... Is this who I am? Is, I mean, is this, not having this green card, these words, wetback, illegal, is, is, is that's, that's what defines me? That's what defines who I am? I said, I don't know, I just sit down helpless on my couch. I took a moment and I saw the picture on my coffee table, imaginary coffee table. I picture my high school diploma and my fake green card. And I've sort of tried to balance it, with which one's got more power, which one defines me more. And then when I looked at my high school diploma, once again, Mrs. Cordero was talking on my ear, <laughs> saying, Juan, this is it, this is, this is you. That diploma is you because you work so hard for it, because you want to be this person. But also have fear on my, all the side. You know, my dad telling me, no, you can't. I'm not, I have nothing against my dad. I love my dad. Maybe he was just being protective because the danger is real. It was real. I could have got deported. So, uh, but at the same time, I feel like by protecting me too much, he was holding me down. Just let me do this. Next day, I didn't go to the interview. I didn't call the guy. I, I was just depressed, working on my packaging factory again, trying to speak Vietnamese with some guys. But something wasn't right. I, got, I had this thing on my heart that I couldn't let go of. Next day, uh, I call a guy. He said, why are you lying to me? I said, what do you mean? He said, yeah, you lied to me about your high school diploma. I said, no, 
I have my high school diploma. Well, then come and see me. At that moment, I made a decision. I went and did my own decision, tried to define who I am, and not let this green card define who I am. So I didn't say anything to nobody. I just run down the street, I mean, down the stairs, grabbed the keys to my car, and went off. I walked into the office, feeling nervous, because I knew I had a fake green card on me, and my high school diploma, who, what, that was like a shield. And uh, the guy is like, uh, nice to meet you. I said, yeah, nice to meet you. Do you have a high school diploma? I said, yes, I do. I show it to him real proud, because I was proud of well, who I am. And uh, he said, uh, do you have a, a green card? Or are you a citizen or something? I said, uh, I do have a green card. Sort of nervous. I do have a green card. He said, okay, just grabbed it. Didn't even look at it. Gave it to his secretary and said, here, make a copy of this. But come, come Juan, tell me more about you. What kind of books do you like to read? How was high school for you? And that moment I feel so good. I feel like I've accomplished something once more, but I still had this little pain on my heart, knowing that uh, something wasn't right. Here I am. I've been living illegally in this country for 22 years. If you run into me on the street, you will never guess I'm illegal. Why? Because I'm a normal person. I'm a parent. I have three kids, two girls, one boy. I have a job. I pay taxes. Just like everybody else pays taxes, right? So, I'd, uh, you know, it's, it's been hard being defined by that, but by not having my green card, by those words, illegal, immigrant, feeling like you don't deserve what you have. But, uh, but I'm tired of living in fear. I'm, I'm tired of being afraid, you know? I guess standing here today, tonight, is to prove to myself that I'm not afraid anymore. That was Juan Rodriguez. Juan was born in Zacatecas, Mexico. In 1992, he came across the river to Laredo, Texas. After graduating high school, Juan moved to Colorado and there in 2018 started a plumbing business. In April 2021, Juan became a legal resident of the United States. He lives happily in Denver with his three kids, Natalia, Anastasia, and Alan. We first came across Juan on Radio Diaries. Radio Diaries is an incredible organization that works with people by giving them recording equipment and helping them record and share their own stories. You should check out Radio Diaries wherever you get your podcasts. To close the episode, we'll leave you with these words from the architect and designer Maya Lin. Maya Lin said, To me, the American dream is being able to follow your own personal calling. To be able to do what you want to do is incredible freedom. From everyone here at The Moth, we wish you a happy fourth. Larry Rosen is a master instructor at The Moth. 
After 25 years teaching, directing, and practicing theater and comedy performance, Larry discovered the simplicity, power, and beauty of true stories. Shortly thereafter, he found the moth. As they say, timing is everything. Juan Rodriguez's story was directed by Catherine McCarthy. This episode of The Moth Podcast was produced by Sarah Austin Jeunesse, Sarah Jane Johnson, and me, Mark Sollinger. The rest of The Moth's leadership team includes Sarah Haberman, Jennifer Hickson, Meg Bowles, Kate Tellers, Marina Cloutier, Suzanne Rust, Brandon Grant, Leanne Gully, and Aldi Kazer. All Moth stories are true, as remembered by the storytellers. For more about our podcast, information on pitching your own story, and everything else, go to our website, themoth.org. The Moth Podcast is presented by PRX, the public radio exchange, helping make public radio more public at prx.org.